Free peoples will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Welcome, Christian Israelites, patriots, white nationalists, even neo-Nazis, those people who are of the white race and intend to keep the white race in existence despite the international Jewish attempt to destroy our race. We will stand firm against them. But at the present time, we are actually observing the Jews self-destructing as they so frequently do because they simply can't help themselves. So tonight's uh, title is going to be Chutzpah and Hypocrisy in the NFL. And I'll just preface it from the post I put up on Eurofolk Radio earlier today with two videos talking about the situation by which John Gruden got fired for a couple of alleged racist emails. And I want to talk about the hypocrisy going on in the NFL, how the NFL you know, treats black thugs, murderers, who uh, are on the teams, and they're coddled by those teams. Yet a white guy who sends an email that uh, I think uh, Gruden used the term of this black uh, union president in the NFL, he has tires like, uh, he has lips like Michelin tires, okay, which, you know, which people have shortened to rubber lips, right, which is sort of derogatory, but he could have been referring to his, the fact that his lips lie on the ground like rubber tires, <laughs> that uh, it could have been a sly way of saying he's a liar, uh, that would be very creative of him if that's what he meant, but everybody took it at a race, as a racist slur. But we hear blacks talking about us, white people, as honkies and crackers and you name it. And, and niggas call each other nigger all the time. So if it's not racist for them, why should it be racist for us to use their own language? Okay. So here's what, uh, uh, before I even start, I just want to remind everybody tomorrow on Voice of Christian Israel, I will be talking about telegony because telegony has been scientifically proven, and you won't want to miss that. Voice of Christian Israel tomorrow at noon uh, Eastern. Telegony. Telegony is going to be the topic, and uh, you don't want to miss that. Okay, so today's post on Eurofolk Radio is about John Gruden. John Gruden sues the NFL for playing the race card. And my comment here uh, as part of the post is, John Gruden was ousted from the NFL, the Negro Felon League, because he once sent an email in which he described a Negro player as having big lips. He also called Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, a faggot. We should all know that all professional sports have been hijacked by the integration mafia, the global Jewish mafia, and that the true purpose of professional sports today is to promote racial integration, 
communism, and homosexuality. John Gruden broke these unwritten rules, so the NFL leaked the emails that proved that Gruden is a racist. But Gruden is fighting back legally. These unwritten rules were used by the NFL to unfairly deprive him of his coaching career. They interfered in a contractual agreement (coughs) between himself and Mark Davis, the owner of the team of the Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, Sorry, it's Las Vegas Raiders now. And that's interfering in a contractual agreement. Nobody, as we've been telling you on the Covenant series that we've been doing on Voice of Christian Israel, no one has the right to interfere in a contract between two or more parties. And that's called breach of contract. Or uh, There's actually a, a legal term for that. When you interfere with someone else's contract, that is a crime. That is a, a crime. But the NFL tried to say, well, we're doing the right thing because John Gruden is a racist. Now, hold on. This is going to get very interesting, folks. Very interesting. So, just like we, the white people, the, the Christian Israelites of the world, we're... Uh, the Jews have been in- interfering in the contract between us and Yahweh. And they're getting away with murder by pretending to be Israel. Absolute murder. So, let's continue. But Gruden is fighting back. These unwritten rules were used by the NFL to unfairly deprive him of his coaching career. John Gruden is demanding justice. In the meantime, a lot of official hypocrisy is going to be exposed. These two videos help explain the situation. The integration mafia is losing its grip. Well, why? Because it has never been sincere. It has always used homosexuality, racism, and uh, all the other liberal garbage that we have to put up with. Uh, the fact that blacks were kneeling instead of uh, you know, honoring the flag at the national anthem. Th- this garbage... And But the, the problem is, when all the liberalism they promote affects their bottom line, then these Jews and other liberals who, you know, remember Bud Light? <laughs> Bud Light, I have lost all respect for Peyton Manning because he's been running a Bud Light commercial in where he buys a round of Bud Light for the whole house. If I were uh, videotaping that commercial, everybody would get up and walk out. Anyway, you can bet that there are Jews like Dan Snyder, owner of the Redskins. I'm sorry, Commanders. Oh, I actually lobbied for them to change the name from Redskins to Rednecks. But they weren't interested in that idea. And I actually did call the Redskin organization before the name change. And made that the, the guy on the phone laughed. He laughed out loud when I suggested that. Anyway, faggots homosexuals and Jewish lawyers who plotted to take Gruden down. This is more entertaining than the NFL itself. So let's go to the first article here, which is John Gruden's lawsuit raises several different claims against the NFL and Roger Goodell. And this is interesting stuff, folks. This is juicy stuff. It doesn't get any juicier than this. <laughs> it, it really doesn't get any juicier than this. So, 
the it's a it's actually a conspiracy against John Gruden, which is hidden by the activity. The let's put it this way: the public activity of the NFL commissioner, certain Jews in the NFL. Uh, and maybe a couple of blacks, but you know, the blacks don't really count in this. It's it's the owners, it's the owners of the NFL teams and the commissioner who are really uh, on the hot seat. They're going to be on the hot seat because they have interfered in a contractual uh, engagement between the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden. That is a crime, folks. Anyway, the article here says. This is NBCSports.com, NFL Pro Football Talk, Rumor Mill News. In the 21-page lawsuit filed by former Raiders coach John Gruden against the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell, Gruden does what plaintiffs in civil cases often do. He has advanced every potential legal theory that the facts and circumstances may support. And he's done a very good job because his accusations are in fact true. As expected, Gruden leads with a claim for intentional interference with contractual relations. Now, I don't know if that's the actual legal terminology, but intentional interference. So somebody deliberately interfered in the contract that he had with the Las Vegas Raiders. This has got to be a crime. Gruden claims that the, the leaks from of his email to former Washington football team executive Bruce Allen, who is the, probably the son of George Allen, caused Raiders owner Mark Davis to force Gruden to resign. Well, it's actually not quite that simple. Uh, Mark Davis didn't want to uh, fire Gruden, but uh, he got he got threatened. Mark Davis, if you don't fire Gruden, we've got all these emails that we've shown you some of them. And if you don't fire Gruden, there's more emails to come. So this is blackmail, folks. This is 100% blackmail. It's arguably Gruden's best claim. If the supposedly secret WFT investigation emails had been kept secret, if the NFL had sent them to Davis and to Davis only, Davis quite possibly wouldn't have fired Gruden. It will be helpful to, uh, to Gruden if Davis eventually admits that at open court. Well, they didn't uh, just email him to uh, Davis, Bruce Davis, the owner of the uh, L.A. Raiders. Sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. They, uh, they, they put this out everywhere, okay? And it's obvious blackmail on John Gruden as well. That approach best compartmentalizes the content of Gruden's emails and the manner in which the emails were used against him. So in some of his emails, like I said, the, uh, he said this one black guy had uh, lips like a, a Michelin tire. And uh, he said he called Roger Goodell a faggot. Okay. Oh, now how dare he? How dare he? I don't know if Goodell is a faggot or not, but that's what he called him. Anyway, if the league had not leaked the emails to the media, Gruden arguably could have continued to coach to the Raiders. And this would not have become a public issue. But two people in particular, uh, Roger Goodell and the owner of the Washington Commanders, 
had it in for John Gruden. And it's, it's an interesting story on how it got to this point because it never should have gotten this far. But it, it, you're talking about Jewish chutzpah and criminality and hypocrisy. Uh, the, the amazing thing about this story is how how the, the Washington commander's owner handled this situation. He he acted like a Jewish ass, <laughs> right? That's exactly how he acted. He acted like a Jewish ass. And we'll, we'll give you uh, the, the details. So anyway, the Washington commander's owner hired a woman by the name of Beth Wilkinson. She's actually a very famous lawyer uh, involved in, in several you know, famous cases in the last 30, 40 years. Daniel Snyder is his name. He hired Beth Wilkinson uh, to issue a report about uh, you know, how the NFL is mistreating its employees, namely the NFL players and to expose racism and misogyny and anti, what's the term for being opposed to homosexuals, uh, homo-nausea, etc. It also found that Snyder, okay, now here's the important thing. It found that the embattled co-owner, who is Dan Snyder, gave misleading testimony, and the NFL buried Beth Wilkinson's report and findings. It also found that Snyder permitted and participated in troubling conduct. So here's a guy, here's a Jew who hires a lawyer, apparently a white woman, who could not be bought and issued a a, a report about the internal operations of the Washington Redskins, as they were known at the time, alleging all kinds of sexual misconduct. Quote, Commander's owner Daniel Snyder, who owned the team during the two decades when workplace misconduct was rampant in the organization, also obstructed the committee's inquiry, the report said. Mr. or typical of a Jew. Mr. Snyder was invited to testify at a public hearing, but refused to appear and then sought to avoid service of a subpoena while aboard his yacht, which I believe was in the Mediterranean at the time. Mr. Snyder ultimately sat for a private deposition, but failed to provide full and complete testimony, which you could also expect from a Jew. Quote, over the course of the deposition, he claimed more than 100 times that he could not recall the answers to the committee's questions. I, I, know, I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Now, he's the owner of the organization, and he doesn't know about the sexual misconduct that's going on in that organization? Really? Including basic inquiries about his role as team owner and multiple allegations of misconduct, the report continued. Mr. Snyder also gave misleading testimony about his efforts to interfere with the Wilkinson investigation. So, now the the reason why the general public doesn't know about this investigation, it has never been released to the public. So here's an example of how the NFL has been protecting this Jew owner 
of the Washington Redskins, or sorry, the Washington Rednecks, and feels no compunction uh, about having done anything wrong. Yet when John Gruden issues an email which is punitively or allegedly racist and homo-nauseous, then, oh, the NFL comes down like a ton of bricks. The release of the 79-page report titled, quote, How the NFL and the Washington Commanders Covered Up Decades of Sexual Misconduct, unquote. Well, it's no wonder this report was never released to the public. Puts an end to the more than year-long investigation by the committee into workplace misconduct and sexual harassment allegations within the Washington franchise. So all these liberals who run the NFL castigating us racist white people for not having enough sympathy for black criminals and for uh, actually wanting to revere the U.S. flag and the national anthem. Oh, no, they're lecturing us. These hypocrites are lecturing us, folks. The Congressional Committee's investigation was centered on sexual misconduct and financial impropriety claims. Beginning in October 2021, when Committee Chairwoman Reverend Carolyn B. Maloney and Representative Raja Krishnamurti, (coughs) excuse me, called for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to turn over the findings from Wilkinson's investigation, (coughs) which is, is good advice. Make it public. Wilkinson began her investigation into the commanders in August 2020, and while it was completed 10 months later, the findings were never released. (coughs) Sorry, folks. Were never released publicly. There's got to be so much dirt in this report about the commanders, formerly known as the Redskins, and the NFL itself, that it's too, it's too shocking to reveal to the public. Washington was fined $10 million as a result of the Wilkinson probe. I think she's talking about the uh, Washington Redskins. And she relayed her findings only orally to the NFL and Goodell. And, of course, the public was not privy to that oral report. Goodell always justified not releasing Wilkinson's report to protect the anonymity of the witnesses and women who reported sexual misconduct. However, the committee's report found that this approach was not used by the league in the past and was enforced only to cover the <coughs> excuse me folks, cover up the report. In October 2021, Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz, the lawyers representing 40 former Washington football team employees, released a statement urging the NFL to release the findings of its investigation into the team. So, the women victimized want the report released, but the NFL says they're trying to protect their anonymity. Who is lying, folks? If a lie has been spoken, arrest the nearest Jew. It is truly outrageous that after the NFL's 10-month-long investigation involving hundreds of witnesses and 650,000 documents, <laughs> sorry, I have to laugh, 
uh, Ellen cough when I laugh, related to the long-time culture of harassment and abuse at the Washington football team. The only person to be held accountable and lose their job is the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, wait a minute. That's ironic, isn't it? What has he got to do with the Washington Redskins? John Gruden was never a member of the Washington Redskins. Quote, our clients and the public at large deserve transparency and accountability. If not, the NFL and Roger Goodell must explain why they appear intent on protecting the Washington football team and owner Dan Snyder at all costs. Of course, Dan Snyder is a Jew, if I haven't mentioned that yet. But there's more. It gets worse. The... uh, uh, they actually had, they were abusing the Washington cheerleaders by forcing them to go topless on certain uh, you know, expeditions into the Caribbean, which the uh, cheerleaders did not uh, sign up for. You can imagine, they did not sign up for that. And yet, this is what happened. So, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing. There's way more to reveal in this story here, and this is from the New York Times. Washington Redskins cheerleaders describe topless photo shoot and uneasy night out. Okay, so anybody aspiring, any woman aspiring to, but of course in this day of transgender sports, uh, any transgender male aspiring to be a cheerleader for the Washington Redskins, beware, okay? When the Washington Redskins took their cheerleading squad to Costa Rica in 2013 for a calendar photo shoot, the first cause for concern among the cheerleaders came when Redskins officials collected their passports. Is this Kykistan? Because Kykistan is well-known for kidnapping beautiful white women from Poland and Eastern Europe and promising them jobs in Kyrgyzstan. And when they get there, they take their passports away so they can't leave and force them to be sex workers at Jewish nightclubs. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being forced to have sex with Jews? Can you imagine? Uh, I I would grab the the nearest butcher knife and start hacking away. That's what I would do. Anyway, so the first cause for concern (laughs) was they had to give up their official identification, folks. That is, oh, man, now I'm stuck. I can imagine this uh, shockwaves of fear through these cheerleaders for the photo shoot at the adults-only Occidental Grand Papagayo Resort on Culebra Bay, some of the cheerleaders said they were required to be topless, though the photographs used for the calendar would not show nudity. Others wore nothing but body paint. Given the resort's secluded setting, such revealing poses would not have been a concern for the women, except that the Redskins had invited spectators. Oh, okay. So, we're on display, are we? 
a contingent of sponsors and FedEx Field suite holders. I'm assuming FedEx Field is the stadium that the Redskins play at. All all of them men, of course, were granted up-close access to the photo shoots. The Oglefest. Oglefest. One evening at the end of a 14-hour day that included posing and dance practices, the squad's director told nine of the 36 cheerleaders that their work was not done. They had a special assignment for the night. Some of the male sponsors had picked them to be personal escorts at a nightclub. Oh, man. I told you this would be a juicy story. So get back to your room and get ready, the director told them. I wonder if the director was male or female. Several of them began to cry. They weren't putting a gun to our heads, but it was mandatory for us to go, one of the cheerleaders said. We weren't asked, we were told. Other, you know, It's like, oh, put on that mask. It's good for you. Other girls were devastated because they knew exactly what she was doing. Right, they were expected to work as prostitutes. Their participation did not involve sex, according to the article. The cheerleaders said, they better say that, but they felt as if they want to keep their job, right? Come on, come on, folks, you got to read between the lines. This is, after all, the New York Times. But they felt as if the arrangement amounted to pimping us out. There you go. What bothered them was their team director's demand that they go as sex symbols to please male sponsors, which they did not believe should be a part of their job. It's not my not my job, man. <laughs> it's not in our contract. The Redskins' week-long trip to Costa Rica in 2013, for which the cheerleaders were paid nothing beyond transportation costs, meals, and lodging, the team said, provides a vivid illustration of how NFL teams have used cheerleaders for far more than sideline dancers during games. Their treatment has come under intense scrutiny in recent weeks since two former NFL cheerleaders filed discrimination complaints and described a hostile work environment in which they were often dangled as sex objects for the titillation of male fans away from the games. All right. You expect this to happen, right? Because those cheerleaders on the sidelines are, in fact, sex objects. Any any woman who volunteers or applies for such a job has to know that... Uh, confrontations with uh, with males who wanting sex from them are going to happen and you're going to be offered lots of money. Interviews with dozens of current and former NFL cheerleaders reveal the common perspective. They enjoyed performing at games, developing friendships with other cheerleaders and participating in charity work, which included visiting hospitals and going overseas to entertain military troops but they were disturbed by some of the extracurricular requirements that put them in what they considered unsafe situations. Yeah, being a prostitute is definitely an unsafe situation. But don't complain. You're being well paid, the Jew says. Don't complain, the Jew says. Folks, this is what we're up against. 
this is what we're up against. Uh, the, this account of the Redskins calendar shoot at the Occidental Grand Papagayo is based on interviews with five cheerleaders who were involved, and many details were corroborated with others who, ter- who heard descriptions of the trip at the time. The cheerleaders spoke on condition of anonymity because they were required to sign confidentiality agreements when they joined the team. Okay, there's the old confidentiality agreement that... yeah. Is, is always used to keep people silent. And you thought the law favored the victims in America. Is that what you thought? Think again. Folks, it's only going to get worse. These type of things need to be exposed publicly. And this is how the Jews operate. They prevent the truth from coming out. It's it's not legal. Well, it is legal because these confidentiality agreements are those agreements are legal. But why are they why are they made? It's to hide illegal activity. And anybody who signs such an agreement is accepting money in exchange for revealing really disturbing information. Quote. It's just not right to send cheerleaders out with strange men when some of the girls clearly don't want to go, one cheerleader who was there said. But unfortunately, I feel like it won't change until something terrible happens, like a girl is assaulted in some way or raped. I think teams will start paying attention to this only when it is too late. You know, this is, well, you see, the culture of the NFL is chutzpah and hypocrisy. So they're going to continue doing this, and they can get away with it legally with these confidentiality agreements and you know, paying people off. That's what the Jews do. <coughs> <coughs> Stephanie Jojokian, a longtime director and choreographer for the Redskins cheerleaders, disputed much of the women's description of the Costa Rica trip. She vehemently denied that the night at the club was mandatory and said that the cheerleaders who went were not chosen by sponsors. Well, it's not Las Vegas, is it? Or maybe it is. I was not force, forcing anyone to go at all, Mrs. Jojokian said. I'm the mama bear. <laughs> no, she's the, uh, well, the madam, the madam who runs the uh, house of prostitution. She says, I'm the mama bear, which is actually kind of a poor choice of words here. And I really look out for every, oh, you sure you do. Not just the cheerleaders. It's a big family. It's just one big, happy, corrupt family. Might as well be a mafia family. We respect each other and our craft. It's such a supportive environment for these ladies. Come on. You expect anybody to believe that. But, of course, it's a statement issued for the public. And I imagine some people actually believe that. In a statement, the Redskins said, the Redskins cheerleader program is one of the NFL's premier teams in participation, professionalism, and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that's what the Redskins officially want the world to believe about this situation. Now... You're not going to believe this part of the story. 
it gets worse, folks. It gets worse because this... Now, I don't know if I want to commend Dan Snyder for being courageous, bold, and probably stupid, or if it's just a case of Jewish chutzpah, the belief that Jews can get away with anything because they have so many connections. When they get in trouble, a connected Jew will always find a way out. Like there will be a Jewish lawyer, a Jewish judge, and everybody in the case will be Jewish except you, and you know who's going to lose. But when, when the owner of the Redskins, Dan Snyder, and Roger Goodell connived to release the emails about John Gruden. And the reason why I brought up all of this bad stuff about the NFL and the Washington Commanders is to show the hypocrisy of all of these NFL people. It's endemic to any business organization that is owned or operated by Jews. Okay? You don't want to get involved in any kind of Jewish nonsense. But what Daniel Snyder did at this presentation, now this was after this report was released about the toxic environment and the sexual misconduct and the, you know, well, what's misogyny? Misogyny is hatred of women? Does a rapist hate women? You tell me. And since the left has no objection to rape, they pretend that they object to it, but they really don't. There's there's nothing here for for women. There really isn't anything here for women. Maybe a, a woman might get hired as a lawyer, but even you see at uh, Jewish media. ABC, NBC, CBS, there's all kinds of male executives hitting sexually on the female employees. Numerous uh, talk show hosts have been fired for that. Okay? So it's really endemic to the power structure of any Jewish corporation. Because why? Because Jews love to rape white women. It's just part of their nature. They can't help themselves. And when presented with the opportunity, they will go for it, especially knowing that they will be protected by higher-ranking Jews or Jews in other corporations, etc., etc. This is how they operate. Now, what Dan Snyder did after this report was issued by the lawyer Wilkinson Beth Wilkinson, was he did a PowerPoint presentation for or on behalf of all of the NFL owners. And this PowerPoint presentation included information about the misdeeds of all the other NFL teams slash owners. Now, whether... Dan Snyder was trying to present the case by saying, see here, fellow owners, 
we can all get sued. We need to uh, cover this case up. We need to bury John Gruden dead so that he'll never come back because just about every NFL team has got dirt, <laughs> dirt in their closet and we can't allow this type of information to get out. Well, of course, only Dan Snyder was on the hot seat. The other NFL owners were not on the hot seat. And the other owners, they were aghast at what they were seeing. So here is Dan Snyder presenting information that is blackmail bait on the other teams. Was he pressuring them to stay quiet about the Wilkinson report by suggesting that they all could be sued, not just the Washington Redskins? And it's amazing, folks. Well, if his intention was to buy their loyalty or suggest they should be loyal to him and Roger Goodell, well, it backfired. Commander's owner Dan Snyder's legal team allegedly presented a PowerPoint that contained blackmail material for top league executives during a meeting about Washington's workplace misconduct, according to a new report from ESPN. This presentation became known in league circles as the blackmail PowerPoint. Now, to those of you listening, have you heard anything about any of these stories in mass media? The rank corruption of the NFL. No, all you get is NFL propaganda. Pro-integration, pro-homosexual, pro-communist propaganda. That's all you get. But if a white guy comes along and sends a, a nasty email, he must be destroyed. See, it's, a, it's an insider club. The more Jews you have in this insider club, the more dirty it gets. It becomes what I call the integration mafia. The presentation took place at NFL headquarters in June 2021, where his coalition of lawyers was tasked with presenting a defense against Beth Wilkinson's investigation into team misconduct. Okay, so we already reported that the NFL never released this information. It just accepted an oral report by Ms. Wilkinson. And that's it. No public declaration whatsoever uh, about this investigation. So all of the sexual misconduct, misogyny, <laughs> etc., committed by the Washington Redskin organization, was simply covered up. Instead, his legal team allegedly presented the slideshow that included screenshots of embarrassing emails and texts from top personnel. None of the content was sexist, anti-gay, or graphic. However, just the fact that this type of information was put on the slideshow 
created a sensation as you can imagine. Tension between Commissioner Roger Goodell and Snyder was reportedly already at an all-time high before the blackmail PowerPoint. NFL executives were reportedly furious after the presentation, a ploy meant to suppress the Wilkinson investigation and influence Snyder's discipline. Right? Well, I think uh, Snyder's intention was to suppress criticism of his own organization by suggesting to the other owners, well, the same thing can happen to you. But I'm sure the owners were watching this. They were thinking, well, Snyder could do this to us. This is blackmail. And they were encouraging Goodell to hand down firm punishment. Against whom? Against Snyder? So it sounds to me like Snyder was already persona non grata when he put this blackmail PowerPoint presentation together. Can you believe it? Can you believe the chutzpah of this Jew called Daniel Snyder? course he's a billionaire so he could care less but this may come back to haunt him more however the tactic proved successful and snyder was reportedly dictating his punishment down to every detail according to espn well i think he's been forced out of the nfl already and the nfl is still protecting snyder by not releasing the Wilkinson report. But they did did not show this courtesy to John Gruden, who hasn't done anything nearly as awful as the employees of the Washington Redskins football team. Wilkinson investigated allegations of sexual harassment and workplace misconduct within the Washington franchise. She was originally hired by Snyder as an internal investigator, reportedly so he could keep the league office at arm's distance. So he was probably just going to hire her to do a whitewash. But the NFL took over in August 2020. The league and Snyder's team struck an agreement. Both sides agreed to share all evidence and material collected, and neither party would release any information without the other's permission per ES. P.N. Is that a what they call a gentleman's agreement or a mafia agreement? The NFL fined the commanders $10 million on July 1st, 2021. Oh, okay. A slap on the wrist for a billionaire. Slap on the wrist for a billionaire, folks hardly infected or affected him at all. And, of course, he went on his yacht to prevent being actually, uh, what's the term when you're in a court? Anyway, asked questions. And uh, it shows you his contempt for the NFL. You know, uh, I do what I please. If you don't like it, 
go to hell, NFL. That's basically how he he reacted. Okay, so when this article is written, uh, Snyder was the team's owner, but I don't think he's the owner anymore. He and his wife, Tanya, agreed to sell the franchise to 76ers and Devils co-owner Josh Harris, who sounds to me like another Jew, in May for $6.5 billion. $6.5 billion. Okay, so... This is what happens when you hire Jews or when Jews get into your country and your business, etc., etc. So getting back to John Gruden's bullet points for his lawsuit, which is a story in itself because many people, including blacks, Whites, Latinos, etc., who have worked for John Gruden as employees and as players. Many of them have defended John Gruden and said, He never treated me unfairly. I never thought he was a racist in anything he did. And, and this is black players saying this. And they say, He's been unfairly treated. There's more to this story that these emails would suggest, and they are absolutely correct, way more than these emails suggest. So, I mentioned the fact there's contractual interference involved. And the author says, it's arguably Gruden's best claim. If the supposedly secret WFT investigation emails had been kept secret. Now, remember, they suppressed the Wilkinson report on behalf of the Washington Redskins, Roger Goodell, and the rest of the NFL. If they're repressing, suppressing this report, yet somebody goes and takes out any emails sent by John Gruden, well, then the report is no longer secret, is it? So they violated their own terms when they selected John Gruden for harsh treatment, special treatment. Now, the author says, if the NFL had sent them to Davis and to Davis only, Davis, Mark Davis being John Gruden's employer at the time, Davis quite possibly wouldn't have fired Gruden. No, he wouldn't. He said he wouldn't. It will be helpful to Gruden if Davis eventually admits that in open court. Well, it's going to go to open court. The NFL is trying their damnedest to prevent it from going to open court. The uh, judge in Las Vegas already ruled in Gruden's favor that the secret report should never have been tampered with and should have been left alone. And John Gruden is the one and only victim of this report. So this is a contractual interference, no doubt about it, with intent to kill John Gruden's career. Okay? Doesn't matter what's stated in the emails. Doesn't matter. He could have said, I hate niggers. 
that was supposed to be kept secret. But the NFL violated its own rules and made certain portions of the report public. That approach best compartmentalizes the content of Gruden's emails and the manner in which the emails were used against him. If the league had not leaked the emails to the media, Gruden arguably could have continued to coach the Raiders, and his career would not have been affected. There probably would have been a lot of rumors floating around and blah, blah, blah. Nevertheless, what the NFL did was wrong. Gruden, in his second count, alleges that the NFL and Goodell tortuously interfered with his future economic interests. Basically, he claims that leaking the emails necessarily dissuades others from doing business with him moving forward. Also, this claim potentially encompasses the contract Gruden may have signed with the Raiders beyond his 10-year, $100 million deal. Okay, so his future has been affected, not just his contract with the Raiders. The third count alleges negligence generally against the NFL and Goodell. This potentially becomes the primary fallback argument to the notion that the league or Goodell deliberately leaked the emails. Well, there's no doubt that the emails were deliberately leaked. A lot of people have suggested it was by the commander's owner or by Goodell or by somebody that they hired to do the dirty deed. Okay? So, a lot of people accuse the owner of the Redskins, and a lot of people accuse Goodell. But it's pretty obvious they conspired to do this, because Goodell had his issues with with the Los Angeles Raiders head coach as well. Uh, I think he called Goodell a faggot, right? And uh, and John Gruden objected to certain rules that the NFL was trying to impose to protect quarterbacks. He felt it was uh, not good for the game. Anyway, Goodell and Gruden had that argument in which Goodell talked down to Gruden and kept him waiting in the lobby of the office for a long time, and Gruden highly resented this treatment. So they were at each other's throats. And there were other people who, uh, John Gruden, not, not, uh, many of these black players who refuse to believe that John Gruden is a racist would also say that he's a tough guy. He's not easy to work for or work with, but he's a very successful football coach. Well, football is a rough business. Some some coaches are, you know, uh, player friendly. Some coaches aren't. But in the NFL, the bottom line is what succeeds. If you got a winning product on the field, they don't care if the coach is likable or not. Winning is everything in professional sports. So, nevertheless, even these black players who said he was kind of hard to work for respected him. So, Goodell is the first person suspected of deliberately leaking the emails. Although the negligence count reiterates the contention that the emails were selectively leaked, uh, 
Gruden claims that the NFL had a duty to safeguard the WFT emails and that the league failed to exercise reasonable care to prevent the documents from getting out. Okay, so the content of the emails is no longer an issue. That's The NFL is trying to make a moral case out of this. Virtue signaling. The NFL is virtue signaling here, totally ignoring that what they did was legally wrong. That's a compelling and commonsensical claim, it says. The league can insist all at once that it didn't deliberately leak the Gruden emails. But the truth is that something happened to result in the Gruden emails making their way out from the big shield while the rest of the report was still withheld from the public. Isn't that amazing? Someone mishandled them. Someone leaked them. Someone allowed them to be put in a position that resulted in the documents being leaked. There is a doctrine in the law known as res, ispa, or sorry, res ipsa locator, Latin for the thing speaks for itself. It means that in certain cases, the mere occurrence becomes proof that negligence occurred. Well, could this could any information from the Wilkinson report have been leaked by anybody except an insider? Could it have been leaked accidentally? Maybe a hacker? Maybe that maybe that's the best defense the NFL has at this point. Oh, we got hacked. Don't blame us. Some Harvard or Yale grad who, who's an expert at computer programming <laughs> hacked, hacked us, but the only thing released was this information on John Gruden. Even that would be hard to believe. In this case, the NFL stubborn insisted that nothing from the investigation would be disclosed coupled with the fact that a handful of pages were provided to the media suggests that something screwy or evil transpired. Vengeful. The next claim alleges negligent hiring by the league. The argument boils down to a claim that the league entrusted these sensitive matters to people who failed to protect them. This dovetails with the fifth claim that the NFL negligently supervised the employees responsible for handling the sensitive information. The sixth claim accuses the NFL and Goodell of engaging in a civil war, or sorry, civil conspiracy to engineer Gruden's forced resignation. In other words, he contends that multiple people came together and planned to take Gruden out. Oh, no, not another conspiracy theory. Whether the evidence will support Gruden's various claims depends on the documents and testimony developed during the discovery process. Now, that's the important word here, discovery. So far, the judge in Las Vegas has approved all of uh, Gruden's appeals here, claims, and says this deserves to go to trial. Now, and Gruden says, I'm not, I'm not going to take a payout. I'm not going to accept the bribe, even if they pay for my, you know, all of the income I lost as a result of getting fired. Even if they pay me the 10 or 20 or $100 million, whatever it is. There's a principle at stake here, and that is 
you you're the ones who violated your own rules and you shouldn't have done this to me maybe if you had an issue with my emails well let's see some of your emails let's see uh, what kind of dirt I can find on you you're talking about 650,000 emails folks <laughs> right and none of these people are saints by any stretch of the imagination so the problem that the NFL has here is they can't afford to let this go to trial. There's no way they can afford this to go to trial because discovery means that Gruden's lawyers will have total access to those 650,000 emails and you know Maybe they could hire some of these women who've been molested by the Washington commander's regime. Maybe they'll volunteer to go through these emails and get dirt on Daniel Snyder and the other owners of the NFL teams. Okay, folks, this is going to be very, very interesting. So, the, the fact that it's going to go to trial has been postponed till sometime in January. And you know that the NFL is going to fight this tooth and nail. They don't want this information to come out. They're going to stall. They're going to use the dirtiest tactics you could ever imagine against Gruden. They're going to try to prevent this to come to trial. So, whether it ever sees the light of day is, to me, doubtful. However, Gruden may succeed in forcing the hand of the NFL because the NFL already looks really horrible in this case. And what, what Snyder did to the owners in the blackmail PowerPoint has triggered a, a wave of resentment within the NFL and fear because now they all know they're all blackmailable. And who, who in the world still has access to these 650,000 emails? The dirt can come out on any of them at any time. The NFL is in trouble, folks. It's in big trouble. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Take care, everybody. The Jews are coming down as we speak. Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. The Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James.